Hello and welcome to My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. And this is part two of our A Galaxy Too Far Away episodes. <laughs> I don't think Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll uh we kind of nailed the Star Wars talk on the on the first episode there. I, I feel like we covered the the points pretty well. Yeah. But Silas, was there anything that you wanted to add before we move forward with the rest of our topics here in part two? Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck. Other JJ. than why is all the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> I need my rum. Oh my goodness. Well, we wanted to start off with uh, something that we had briefly mentioned in the beginning of part one. And uh, that was some of Silas experience with Xenoblade Chronicles two <clears throat> And uh, Silas, we know you've been putting quite a bit of time in that in the hundreds, right? You hit the triple digits in hours yeah, with this game. So yeah, I'm about. A, I think I'm hitting like 115 or 118 after my last stream. So um, I mean, there's got to be great reasons for <clears throat> why you've spent so much time in this game. So I'm just going to let you talk about it, man. What's going on with Xenoblade? Um, it's not. I like it a lot, but do keep in mind, it is not the perfect game. <laughs> and it's not necessarily for everyone just because of the style of the game. But overall, it is a very solid JRPG, something that we haven't really had in a while. Um, it's it's solid, but it's not like totally old school. It does have some newer stuff. It, it's got a good mix of things. And I think that's part of what's keeping it, at least for me, interesting to where I'm going to it and uh, still playing it and where I want to do, cause there's like a multitude of side quests. You don't have to, you can just push through the story and, and whatnot. But why number one, doing the side quest up gives you bonus XP. And of course that helps you level up faster. And of course, who doesn't want to be slightly OP when they face that boss and just murder it, you know, just get down, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you go up to that boss and he's talking smack and you're sitting back thinking, yep, I'm going to stab you in the face because you're level 35 and I'm 43. I'm going to win <laughs> period. This is mine. Um, in although the battle system at first, I wasn't a big fan of um, it's similar to Xenoblade one, but they made some changes to it. Um, it just, it takes a little bit to get used to it. There's a lot, there's a lot to it because it's kind of modeled a little bit after like an MMO. So it's got that kind of a feel. So you got like auto attacks, but then you have your specials and other things you can do. And I know for some people, if you're, really until you get about 30, 40 hours in the whole battle system isn't even unlocked yet. <laughs> oh. Okay. So you got to do some stuff and you got to get some story done and things like that before you can really get into all the stuff. Like now, you know, I could do all the, the extra chain attacks and multi chains of characters chains and, you know, that crazy like anime kind of crap, you know, where you're like just going off, but it's awesome and it's great and it feels good, <laughs> you know? Um, and if you do it right, you know, you could pull off some good combos, um, and you defeat your enemies and stuff. Uh, but for if you don't get a hang of the battle system, it can get a little rough because if you don't get used to using your combos and doing change and you just let it auto attack, that works great for the first, say, five to ten hours. You could probably get away with that. But then after that, you got to start thinking a little bit tactically, you know, uh, you know, the opposing elements, switching your blades around, using your combos, um, thinking about how your team is set up so that way you can do the most damage. And of course, depending on your enemies, it's going to, it's going to change. Uh, if you do it right and, and you play to your strengths on it and, and what you're fighting, you can generally take out most stuff without too much of a problem. And it's fun because you get to see different moves and you're not using the same two attacks all the time. 
So it's it so. sounds like it's sufficiently complicated to keep you on your feet as you're progressing through the levels. It, it's not just the same uh, meta. You figure out the meta at, at 10 to 20 hours and like, well, this is the attack that I have to level up and make more powerful, or this is the skill tree that's going to be the best way to level up. There's some tactics to it. There's some getting used to right. uh, what is going to be best situationally. There isn't just a one plus one equals two formula and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and, and part of it too is um, depending on which which blades you have, of course that changes like the elements and stuff, but and different weapons are of different attack speeds and power and all that crap. Um, but part of it too is also in let's say one, you know, you got different you got your different characters set up. You usually want to have there's some blades that are meant more for tanking, some that are meant more for healing, and some that are meant more for, you know, just straight up DPS. So you you want to set your characters up in a way that works for you and how you're going to play, but also with your attacks, you got to pay attention to the effects of your attacks because like some attacks, if you look, they might not have a, a special thing where they, where they uh, knock an enemy down where they topple them or, or whatever, but they might have something where it does extra damage if an enemy is already down or where it makes the topple last longer to where you can keep doing that extra damage. So you got to think about, you know, how you want to play, you know, depending on your blades and stuff, which unfortunately, I mean, yes, there are, ones you get through the story, but they're not all story. Some of them are random. In fact, most of them are random <laughs> that you get. I mean, there's a good percentage that's, that's story-based and you, and you get them, but the random ones are, there's some real cool ones. Me on uh, randomly, I've gotten zero attack blades. <laughs> RNG is not on your side. Not for the attack blades for, he- for healer blades. I think I have almost all of them. Like it, it pops me he- healing blades. I, I can, that's my rarity for some reason. It just hands them to me. I've gotten a couple of the uh, the tank ones, which are which are pretty cool. Um, but again, it, part of it depends on the area you're in, what types of monsters, that kinds of thing. So at least it like forces you to change. I mean, you don't have to, but at least it gives you a reason to switch up your stuff. You know, where some games, you know, they try to put in all this stuff, but they don't give you a reason to change anything. So it's like, why am I going to bother to try to use these different characters when there's no point? You know. Where with this, it kind of, you know, I'm changing up my characters and who's in my group frequently. Um, and you don't even have to use, like, your lead character. You don't have to use him if you don't want to. Once you get past the first few hours, you can actually swap a different character. And once you have enough characters on your team, you can not use him if you don't want to. You can have someone else be your party leader and run around with them. Which is also nice, so you can kind of get a break. And there's, a, uh, again, a reason to use some of the other characters. Well, learning their moves too, I'm sure. You know, everybody's attacks yeah. are different based on their class and and uh, proficiencies and so forth. So, you know, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna slowly learn what's gonna be uh, best for them to use in in certain situations. That's really cool that they've made it that complicated and and in depth. But it doesn't seem like there's a big learning curve to figuring those things out though is it is it been pretty straightforward for you because again you've spent 115 hours in the game and i've seen you progress through it watching your streams so what do you think i mean is it um has it been kind of a straightforward adventure for you you know uh, satisfactorily complicated but also enjoyable uh, yeah, yeah, uh, most definitely. I mean, I kind of stretched the story out a little bit because I took a lot of time doing a lot of the side quests. Now, with a lot of games, I'll do that for the first little bit, and then after a while, I just stop. With this game, for the most part, I've been doing pretty good with I'll run some story, and then I'll go do some side quests. 
or, you know, do whatever to live up this, that, and the other, because it's interesting enough. And there's a reason for me to do it. Like even some of the smaller side quests, yeah, it might be a go get something, but they're adding enough story to it. That's interesting that, okay, well you want to go, why does a character want to get you this instead of just like, Hey, it's a basic thing. Go get it. Blah. They put, they put a lot of thought in so that way each quest in, in different quests that lead into other quests makes sense. And it has a story and it connects and you know, it, it just makes it feel bigger, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. So you want to go do those things and explore and, and do all that. And it doesn't entirely hold your hand the entire time, which I like as much as I like, like say, Fable. I don't have the little glowing thing to point the way. You know, it's go figure it out. Yeah, you're- but there's enough of a lead. I mean, you can look like a lot of your quests. It's got the little radar thing, which is probably one of the bad points in this game. The compass is more like a compass. It points in the direction of, you know, you set it to say, you know, a quest is over in such and such location. It points that way at all times. It doesn't account for terrain, stuff you can't go around. You can go straight that way as the crow flies, but you, that might not be the best path. So the whole time, then you got to figure out your path and whatnot, in which for me, exploring is fun. So then you run into other things. And sometimes, you know, like in toward the beginning, especially, but it still even happens now. Um, like in the beginning, you know, um, the first main landmass you get to, yeah, creatures like level five, six, eight, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's like level 20, 30 creatures. Yeah. You're going to die in one hit. Avoid that if you can, or try to sneak past them. You might, you might not. Hopefully you don't pull aggro, but you know, whatever. It's up to you. If you want to take that risk And of course on stream, you saw me take some risks. Sometimes they turned out good. Sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes I was dead. <laughs> and then we reloaded. <laughs> Um, but even now, like in the areas I'm at, you know, um, it still does that, you know, I'm fighting like level 40 something creatures, uh, but it, uh, recently ran into where there's some spots, there's some level eighties. Okay. Yep. I'm going to not go that way <laughs> or I'm just going to try to sneak past so I don't get murdered, you know? Uh, so it gives, it gives a little bit of a challenge. It's not just one set level of, of creatures in any one particular, um, area. And in fact, where I'm at now, it's all snowy and whatnot. It's a different environment. And that's one thing I really, um, have enjoyed with it is, every uh area you go to is very different from the last one like they're they're all very they put a lot of time and effort into making them very themed and whatever it happens to be really stands out for that area and that's kind of cool they've got a very good mix of of different uh terrains and um like your weather and, and all that stuff is all different depending on where you're at do you feel that that kind of uh that kind of setup is uh, more inherent in the JRPG genre, and we're seeing it less and less in um, in more of our our US kind of born games here. You know that that type of uh, exploration and um, failure is open to you, as opposed to uh, like you said with Fable and the and the guided sparkles on the ground. Like you know, here's here's where you go and how you do it, and it's basically you know play it with your eyes closed kind of thing. Do you think that that's that's been pretty steady with JRPGs, or you think uh, uh, developers are getting away from that? What are your thoughts? Um, well, just any sort of action adventure RPG game in general, whether it's a JRPG or not, it seems over the years, and this is something we've talked about before about. You know, things have been dumbed down a lot. And so games that challenge us are a little bit more rare. Um, you know, things where you got to think a little bit or whatever. Just like, you know, when we talked about the Nintendo Switch stuff, like with Zelda, and we got in the conversation about, you know, how Zelda just kind of throws you out there and, you know, there you go. Um, so Figure it, it is nice to see that. It, yeah. 
and it, sometimes it's it's nice to have that. It's nice to have that challenge and be like, well, yeah, I really jacked this up. But then when you figure it out, you, you have a better sense of accomplishment. You're not just getting a you know a participation award. You know what I'm saying? Do you, yeah, getting, <laughs> getting the millennial gold star. Um, yeah. Do you think? Do you think that the disconnect uh, for us now is being, um, you know, the gamers in our 30s? We've seen it all. We've just about played everything. I mean, come on, let's face it. We, we're very experienced. Do you think that um, we ourselves are creating that gap because we have so much experience with games and the different uh, and the very many different ways that we could play through a game, the different styles in which uh, content is presented to us? Uh, we've just gotten used to it. We've seen it all. And, and that's what the disconnect is. We aren't challenged as experienced gamers. Or do you really think um, there's been this kind of dumbing down for the next generation? Because, uh, you know, it's an internet-based generation, right? I Google it and I go to YouTube and I find the answer right away. And then, you know, there's no challenge to it whatsoever. So which do you think it is or is it a combination of both? I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of a combination. I do feel there has been with a lot of games some dumbing down just because that's a way to make games more accessible to the masses let's you know back in the day go go back to you know 8-bit 16-bit era pretty much everything was hard yeah mm. <laughs> unless you then that's why you use cheat codes and use things like game gd and you know <laughs> yeah i'm going old school before game shark there was game gd i remember what that that little thing uh, you stuck game on your GD. nintendo carts yes uh, I think I had one for the uh, for the Genesis too. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, because stuff was hard, you know, and and you had to have some skills in your timing, and you know how to know how to do it, or you know that was it. Um, and it, it is good in a way that things have gotten more accessible. But then there's also a point to where there needs to be enough challenge to keep your older gamers like us engaged, because otherwise you're going to lose us. But granted, yes, there's more of the younger generation, but us. You know, those of us in our 30s and stuff are definitely more established in our jobs. We're more likely to be making, you know, on average more money. Therefore, we've got more to spend on the games and we just go buy them when we feel like it. It's not like when you're a, you know, a kid or a teenager or mommy and daddy got to buy it, you know, when you're an adult and you can just do whatever the hell you want. And you just be like, yep, yeah. you know. Um, but at the same time, we also expect a little more than the younger ones where we want value for our money. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me so far, I feel that Xenoblade 2 has definitely been great value for my money. <laughs> so 115 hours uh, is nothing to spit at. And, and I immediately thought, <clears throat> I immediately thought of, uh, more recently I went back to Knights of the Old Republic and, uh, yeah. Re- Republic 2. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic 2. And I'm like, I got this. I am I am at the point now where I'm attempting to solo raid level content in the division solo. <laughs> I got this. So I, I make my new character and I pump everything into force abilities, right? Which is a dumb move because you don't have force abilities to begin with. I know. But I'm like, I got this. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get ahead of the curve here and be ready. And I got my butt handed to me. And it just kind of cemented in my head, like, you know, maybe experienced gamers too. We've, we've grown a bit um, accustomed. accustomed to being spoon-fed some of this content. So when we, when we come across a game that uh, doesn't allow us necessarily to be spoon-fed, unless, you know, you're the sort that goes to Google for everything, <clears throat> but it uh, doesn't allow us to be spoon-fed and we have to think, 
we kind of struggle against, well, I've been working a really long, hard day. I'm tired. I just want to enjoy the game. I just want to get there, not so much enjoy the journey getting there and uh, making good decisions to, you know, help me get there. I just, can somebody just give it to me? I think even some of the older gamers have become a bit reliant on some of that, you know, being spoon fed. We've talked about that before. We, we go back to older games and you're like, ah, this is going to be simple. Like I've been playing, I've been, I've been doing one man raids and wow. And star Wars, the old Republic, I got this. And then you, and you don't, you, like I said, you, you get your ass handed to you. And um, so it just makes me wonder. I think there's, it's like you said, there's a few different things here at play. And um, as you get older, instead of, uh, it's not as much as the I want it now factor. It's more the, or, or even a time factor. It's the I'm tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Like I, I really just want a game that I can kind of plug and play and uh, get right into and enjoy without putting a lot of long, hard hours into. And um, But the problem is, is when the weekend comes and you really want to sit down with something, you end up finishing it in like eight hours. <laughs> so to me, it's just really interesting to hear the positive things you have to say about Xenoblade Chronicles 2, because uh, it seems that the game is very well balanced, and especially for, for an adult gamer that... Um, uh, balances work and life and uh, wants to feel rewarded when playing a game, but doesn't also want to feel like a baby being spoon fed content that uh, for somebody put 115 hours in the game, that says a lot for the quality of the game. Yeah. Like I said, it, it is not perfect there. You know, there are some things that, you know, some people will pick apart, whatever, maybe you don't like the battle system. Uh, like I said, it's not necessarily for everybody, but um, and of course, graphically it's, it's not going to blow your mind. I mean, it looks good. I like the art style. Um, it's got a pretty decent feel to it. Um, and there's been some patches uh, that have fixed a couple of the, the graphics issues. So there's, there is some areas where you get some pop in and stuff. But let's face it, they're loading in huge worlds, areas of one time. There's not really a whole lot of loading screens for this game, except for when you fast travel and the like. So outside of that, everything is loading on the fly. Mm-hmm. Granted, it is coming off a of flash memory, which I'm sure helps. But you know, um, you know, there was I've seen some people complain like, "Oh, there's there's some bad pop in and this that and the other." Which, yes, sometimes it does that, but it's not inherent and it's not all the time and constant. It's just here and there, once in a while. And actually, after the last patch, it's gotten a lot better in the few areas where I did notice it would be an issue. And even then, it's it's not a big enough issue that it destroys my view of the game i'm still having a lot of fun with it so yeah maybe i overlook it a little bit more but that also speaks volumes to the fact of how much fun i'm having with it that they did really good everywhere else you know um so i'm happy with it overall you know it's it's a good game if you like jrpgs and and you haven't had anything that's kind of more old school feel um while being a little bit on the newer side of things then uh give it a shout you know give it a go if you can uh you can actually pretty much find Nintendo Switches now. They're mostly stocked these days. <laughs> I've actually seen one or two here and there. There might not be 25, 30 of them, but you know there might be one or two on the shelf at, at a store that you can actually get a hold of, or at least the wait time shouldn't be as bad now. Um, so yeah, if you got a Switch in, or if 
if you're, you know, you want to get one and you need something other than Zelda as a reason to buy one, uh, this game would be another good reason if you like uh, RPGs or MMOs or anything in that kind of general, uh, general sense, then yeah, go ahead and uh, pick this game up, give it, give it a go and uh, enjoy it for what it is. Take your time with it and yeah, it's a good adventure. So speaking of trying out new things, it seems like streamers, we are always trying something new with our brand. And I'm speaking specifically of uh, rebranding. To preface, I will say that uh, more recently I went through my my old overlays. I found several of them. And boy, boy, those first ones were terrible. <laughs> they were bad. I know how you feel. <laughs> they were bad. Um, the streaming is a process. It's an organic, it's alive, it's living. And, uh, and at times it's also, there's parts of it that are dying and you, you, uh, you resurrect and, and uh, re-envision and recreate and create things anew. It's a process. And, um, I find that I'm constantly doing it, but, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, that very subject, which was a question from Neutron, uh, on the thoughts on rebranding. And uh, I guess there's a lot of specifics that we could get into with that. Uh, but Silas, let's start with you. Rebranding. Uh, how many times would you say that you've rebranded your channel? Uh, let's see. Well, I started in, uh, what, 2013? Late 2013? Um, right before the, right around the time PS4 and stuff came out. So whenever that was. Um, so I've done it. I can say I've, well, I've not only rebranded my channel, I've also changed channels, um, like done combined channels with people and things like that. So I've probably done it. I'd say five, six times mm. out of those, uh, um, out of those times, have they, how many of those have been complete rebrands like soup to nuts? Um, probably two or three. Yeah. Um, and and generally throughout the rebrands, certain things have always um, kind of I shouldn't say stayed the same, but kind of stayed with with me because that was just part of at the time. You know, it was just part of my streaming at the time, or it, it evolved more. Um, whereas I'm actually strangely enough, we're talking about rebranding. <laughs> I'm actually kind of going through some things uh, right now, and for anybody's pay attention, I've been changing and adding. You know. Uh, some different graphics and things like that. I've been kind of redoing. I even changed my my Discord logo and my uh, Twitter avatar and all that stuff is all um, that's been updated. I haven't got to the rest of it yet, so some of the old graphics are still up. But I'm in the process right now, kind of changing some things just because of. For me, I feel it's it's time for for that little bit of an update um, and to kind of bring as far as me personally, as far as I'm concerned with my streaming, some of my stuff together because my on stream overlay was kind of one way, but my graphics on uh twitter were another my actual twitch page was kind of different and it didn't wasn't really all meshing together it's like you're getting different themes throughout so i'm kind of trying to make everything not necessarily exactly the same but fit the same kind of look um so right now i'm kind of in the process of that myself um rebranding as a whole can be useful um and it it's going to happen sooner or later. I mean, if you stay in content creation at some point, you know, things are going to, whether it's something that changes with you personally or how you're streaming or how you're creating content or what it is you're doing in the content you're creating, uh, rebrands happen. Kind of like when an artist releases a new album, things change. You know, there's certain things that are, that are still there. That's based, that's them, but things change. (laughs) Yeah. 
So re- rebranding isn't isn't bad. I, I wouldn't do it too often, but if there's something, if you know, if you're feeling that you need to do, like you said, a, a soup to nuts rebrand because you know there's just some big changes, then then do that. But follow through, get it all done, see where it takes you, and and you know, roll with it. I guess. Yeah, I can say that I've probably been through eleven reiterations of uh, of my stream and setup, and I've done my I've tried my best to create the graphics myself because I feel that um, this is something that I will continue to use if I continue to practice and uh, utilize YouTube to learn new things. Uh, So it takes me a bit longer and I tinker with things a lot more uh, because I am doing it myself and it's kind of a learning process along the way, which to me Mm -hmm. means uh, I'm definitely going to be rebranding a lot more often uh, because I'm not purchasing any packs or anything like that. Uh, I'm trying to find that, that one layout that just sings to me that I, you know, that I really like, but I feel that there are other reasons like you stated, uh, you know, things change. You're, you're part of a group or maybe you're part of a stream team and, uh, and that can prompt uh, a stream change or, you know, changing some of your scenes and, and rebranding altogether. And that, that's really just graphics uh, that we're talking about now, but what if it's a rebranding as far as stream format? And um, and how you're presenting your stream to viewers, Silas? Have you had any instances where you've kind of changed what your brand looks like as a whole? Um, and if so, what uh, inspired you to change that brand? Um, absolutely, uh, most definitely. Um, uh, on a few occasions, of course, that led to some of the the graphics revamps and things. But um, and again, that's kind of what I was uh, getting at a little bit. Where certain things um, for me, when it came to the rebranding, stayed the same or kind of evolved. Uh, and again, like I said, right now I'm kind of in, in the process of, of changing some things because I have been changing the way my stream is being presented uh noticeably i've actually taken off the adult flag off of my stream (laughs) um not quite letting letting loose so much that way i mean i'm still trying to relax but i think that's more of the thing is i'm trying to relax more so you know um keeping everything all walled off for me uh you know behind an adult flag and then trying to moderate all that is a little it gets a little rough and I just, I, I, I kind of hit a point where I was feeling like it, the chat was constantly getting out of control. Um, not that it was necessarily anyone meant any harm, but it was just, you don't want all that negative energy, you know? Um, at least I didn't, you know, I felt that I'd, I'd had enough. I meant uh, personal life wise, I've, I've had enough, you know, negative things in recent years. And it's like, right now I'm coming I'm at that point. It's like, all right, I took care of this stuff. I don't want any more of it right now. Yeah. You know, so for me, uh, leading a more relaxed thing and, and everything else that's caused to, you know, and I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know, then that's part of where some of the things not matching came up. And then, you know, so I, I've taken down that flag. I've kind of chilled down uh, the stream a bit. You know, there's, you know, I've just kind of toned it down that way. I, I still have a good time. I still have fun. I'm still, you know, doing what's me and making fun of like on Xenoblade. I make fun of half the characters. <laughs> I enjoy the game. I love the game. But. I'm still going to make fun of it. You know, if there's certain things and I, you know, that's, that's just me. I just, I make fun of stuff. I can't help it. It's even when I love something, it's songs and stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, change it, you know, whatever, just because, you know, for me, that's, that's part of the fun is because I like it, I can do that and still feel good about it. One not, but you know, that base part is still there, but other things uh, again have changed. Um, you know, 
So I think I kind of like lost track now. No, no, that <laughs> where was... I was going with some things, but I, th- I think I summed most of it up there. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, but what up? No, go ahead. You know what, what? What about Freak U? I mean, yours has obviously changed a lot, and I know you, of course, also have. You know, really, uh, you're like the most super chill streamer on Twitch right now. I think <laughs> it's like you're. It's it's what you're known for at the moment. You're like fucking Mister Rogers of Twitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Rogers of Twitch. I've heard the Bob Ross of Twitch, but Mister Rogers is a new one. Uh, you know, and I, I I was going to mention that it. I'll I'll try and my best to start at the beginning here and be as succinct as possible. Um, when you're when you're first starting out streaming and you're starting to take it seriously, you're really concerned about your graphics and the brand of your graphics, and uh, and you want to know what other streamers are doing. So when I was looking at other streamers in the division community and outside of the division community, I'm not only looking at what, um, how they're representing themselves with their, uh, their graphics and how they have their Twitch panels set up and their bots and all that stuff. I'm looking at how they present their, their brand themselves as entertainers on Twitch. And, uh, you see, you can't help but, but correlate, um, You've got, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, heavy PvP streamers, right? And um, mm. highly respected. Yeah. They're they're experts at PvP in whatever game that they they stream. And um, there's people that come in and they ask questions. They get tons of follows. They've got lots of subs. There's donos happening all the time, and uh, and they're getting some really consistent triple digit numbers. Uh, their followers are in the the thousands and getting close to ten thousand. Uh, so, you, you know, you're trying to find streamers that are within a certain bracket and you're like, well, they're streaming PVP. So that means I have to stream PVP. And what you, what I found out, and I think what uh, a lot of streamers find out is there as they start to grow is that certain game modes and certain game content brings in certain gaming mentalities as viewers. And, um, as uh, I'm not shy about this, if you go to my Twitch channel, you see in my about section that I suffer with social anxiety. I also have severe depression at times. And um, I looked towards streaming to be an outlet to comfortably attempt to push those boundaries of my personal problems, but also overcome them. Streaming content and uh, actively going after content that... Um, creates a stressful situation and then brings in people that are stressful. Like you said, there's some things that you just don't want in your chat. Uh, I would leave a stream more often than not really down, really, really down because the people that come can, can come in not all of them, but the people that can come into chat looking for those specific things are very highly opinionated. And if you aren't, well, why aren't you running the lightweight M4 with uh, the the uh, angled red grip and the C79 scope? Are you what are you stupid? Are you, you know that's not the kind of mentality that I want. I don't want elitism in my chat. And so what I had, what I came across was that I need to be myself. It's okay to be me. I am enough. And uh, 
as I started changing that about myself and the perception of myself and what I needed, I found that the the community kind of followed with that. And the people that I have in there now are very like-minded. They have problems and they have worries and anxieties and, and suffer from uh, all kinds of things that happen in life. And we've become quite a support system for each other. And uh, as that community has grown, they have also helped to dictate how our content grows with us. For instance, uh, whereas Sage wasn't opposed to dropping the fuck word from time to time in uh, in stream, uh, what we've become is more of a family-oriented stream. You know, Mr. <laughs> Sage is Mr. Rogers slash Bob Ross. Um, now we do our very best to have... Hey, don't mess up Bob Ross. Bob Ross is cool, man. <laughs> Bob Ross is cool, right? Um, we do our very best to keep a clean chat. So we have, we now have and, uh, and heavily enforce a no profanity rule. And of course, you can always count on that from Sage, but we do our very best to keep that in chat too because we find that we have grandmas and grandpas <clears throat> and families that enjoy watching our show because it's chill, because... Uh, uh, because of the the smooth, sagey tones, whatever the case may be, that is the way our community has gone. And uh, it is not beyond me to be able to continue to grow and provide that content for them. So I think the the community, that's a long way to say that the community has a say and um, and is a heavy influencer in the direction that your rebrand goes. And I couldn't be happier. You know, this is, this is an, an instance where the community had a positive effect in pushing me in a direction that I was comfortable in going. Now there'll be instances where there's directions that a community may want you to go that you're not comfortable doing. And of course you should listen to that. But in this case, the community had a lot to do with the, the current simple brand that we try and have on our stream. And then um, coupled with a family friendly environment, it's often said that Sage is grandma safe and grandma approved. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't have come up with that on my own. <laughs> There's no way, uh, Silas, you know, me, I'm, you know, Hey, I'm, yeah. outside of stream, I'm just a regular guy like everybody else. So community has a lot to do with the rebrand, um, in general, and it's a fluid motion. It's always changing and growing. And, uh, if you're in tune yeah. with your community, and you're comfortable with moving in a direction with your community, I think that's just naturally going to happen. Yeah, most definitely. I, I fully agree. And, you know, um, you know, you just, you hit a lot of great points. Uh, the community, you know, can help push you in one direction, but like you said, if there's something you're not comfortable with it, don't necessarily dismiss it, but in the end, it's still you it's, you know, you gotta be, be okay with the direction it's going. If you don't like where it's going, then, you know, whether the community likes it or not, you know, do, do what's right for you. Um, but that doesn't mean, again, not to consider if the community's like, hey, you know, this might be good or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, you know, to take that insight and, you know, then from there, you know, your best judgment. It doesn't mean you won't change again down the road. But for now, worry about the right now and where you're going and, you know. Yeah. Well, I feel that that, uh, that, that perfectly goes into our, our next subject, was, which is uh, growing with your viewer base. And um, the growing pains can be <laughs> the growing pains can be real. I can think of my current yeah. situation. December, we had huge, 
huge growth that I simply was not prepared for. I mentioned that in part one. I just wasn't prepared for. We didn't have the infrastructure. You blew up. It blew, <laughs> it blew up and really, really quick. And there was no infrastructure there to support. So it was kind of a, it was a foot race, as I said, uphill to try and get ready. Um, uh, or it wasn't a matter of getting ready. <laughs> it was already too late to get ready. Uh, but catch up to where the community was and, and have things in place for them. There is a point where you can grow maybe a little bit like my situation, a little too fast. Um, how do you, in your experience, um, cope and manage these sudden bursts of growth that you have in your community? What are some, what are some tips or some things that you've used yourself to um, cope with that growth? Well, I would have to be speaking about a few years, a couple years ago, because right now I've just been, <laughs> it's not been, uh, it's not been growth. It's been just trying to even have a stream right now due to my work life and, you know, other personal things that happened before that. But um, no, when, when I was having some, some serious growth, I think I ran into some of the same problems as you. It's like all of a sudden I started having all these people and chat started getting, um, you know, to the point where it was starting to move a lot faster to where it was like, okay, this is... I can't snag everything. And, um, you know, especially with the types of people at that time that I was attracting, I needed more mods. I needed, edit. I just, I was like, okay, I got to start finding some people to help out because this is out of my grasp. I got a bot and I got me, but now it's the point I need more than me and a bot. (laughs) You know, I can't just have the bot auto banning everybody for one little thing, but there still needs to be like warnings if someone steps outside. Sometimes, you know, chat just gets, it gets, maybe someone's having a good debate and it just gets a little heated or whatever things, you know, but you'd be able to calm it down. And sometimes bots can escalate situations when they just start auto banning people for (laughs) things you already have set up. And that's where real human beings are better. Um, so, you know, kind of bots try to keep them on the lighter side when it comes to uh, how they enforce some things. I mean, they're great, uh, for some base things, but then after that, have some real people, uh, if, if you know, friends or whatever, which hopefully if you do have friends that are also gamers, have them come help you out with the stream. Even if it might not be all the time, but do what you got to do. Um, you know, if you got some good community members, you can trust, uh, promote them to mod status, talk to them first, of course, don't just do it, but, you know, talk to them be like, Hey, you know, would you be interested in helping out? I could really use it, you know? And most people say, yeah, if they're really, you know, into your community and whatnot and, you know, get, get some more mods in there and things. The other thing is, you know, after your streams, again, going back to going back and watching them because your chats are generally pretty well logged now. So all that'll pop in with the timing of your streams. You can go back and look and look, okay, what happened? Yeah here and how do we what what's got to change so that way to prevent it or kind of curb that kind of thing from going that far out of control or or whatever and unfortunately the as you grow that's just what's one of the things you got to deal with is being able to keep things reined in as best as possible um so it doesn't you know keep getting out of control and whatnot because if you keep letting it get out of control it's just going to get worse yeah are there any and, specific things that you can think about or specific, I won't say streaming tools or software, things that help you stream. We're going to get into that later, but there, are there anything, uh, any things that we can, um, we can recommend as uh, perhaps a must when you're first starting out streaming to prepare for those bursts of followership um, to, to kind of guide 
your viewers into uh, a right area for, let's say, management? I'm, I'm thinking right off the bat of making a Discord and having your room set up properly. Um, so when you do get those bursts of fellowship, you've got a place to interact with them outside of stream, something that I personally didn't have set up properly and it was a rush to get it done. So are there any, any things like that that you can think of that are great for viewers uh, to help them interact better with you as you're growing? It's better to do now than to wait for when you actually need it. Uh, yeah, no, I fully, uh, the D Discord is definitely a gigantic, it is a great tool. Heck, we're, we're using it right now to help make this cast. Discord is is, uh, <laughs> is a very excellent, excellent tool. It's a great way for people to connect with you outside of the stream and things like that. I, mean, I had a Discord set up for a while, but I actually just recently put my Discord as a, as a um, made it public for viewers to come and, uh, and be a part of it. Uh, Partially just because of, uh, for me it was in part uh, a time thing, but also because my st streaming was kind of up and down, and now I'm getting to the point to where I can get back to more of a regular uh, schedule. Hopefully, uh, just because of the way my work schedule is. So it's just one of those things where I've got to adjust, and unfortunately, it's something that's going to work against me. Um, it's going to work against me down the road, and I'm doing the best I can to put some things in place to kind of handle that. But beyond that, uh, tools and, and growth. Definitely Discord. Um, there's a lot you can do with it. Keep a uh, you give you know if if you have a sub button, of course, have a room for your subs. Give them a special little place. Uh, have a spot to where you can talk with your mods if you need to. Make a separate channel if you need to for maybe specific mods that maybe they're your personal close friends. You know, however you got to do it so that way you can communicate to the people you need to communicate to that are doing whatever task. Maybe you've got someone that likes to make clips off of your videos and they're your editor or whatever. Just make sure you've got. Try to create that structure as best you can now and try to think ahead a little bit. If you have to, go drop in on some other streamers, see how they have their stuff set up, get some ideas. You don't have to necessarily directly copy it, but there's just some basic things you, you, you can set up ahead of time. And yeah, you may not need it now, but later on when you do, you'll be glad you already have it there. Yeah. Those I mean, you 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 had a Discord, but you were still kind of like in the process of getting it where you wanted it, but all of a sudden it went <gasps> We weren't ready. <laughs> I mean, at least you had part of it already established. So that's kind of, yeah, <laughs> at least that was there, but there were, there were some of the things that weren't set up, like having that link already set up in the disc uh, for the discord in the Twitch panel and having a link in Nightbot. Yep. And um, I, I also think about if you get to the point where you're a Twitch affiliate, I think that is the perfect time, even though you don't really have an idea of what you could do, it is the perfect time to start thinking about your subscription perks. Uh, why? Because all of a sudden you could have an amazing stream and then you get 20 subscriptions, uh, especially now with the new feature of gifting subs. Uh, <laughs> you, especially over a holiday, I can, I can say we had some very, very wonderful, generous folks come in uh, that have become amazing pillars in our community uh, that uh, we're gifting a lot of subs to other people that just really enjoy the stream and they're great supporters. And uh, all of a sudden your subscription count goes through the roof. And it, at that point you're wondering, well, what can I do to say thank you? Like I don't really have any sub perks. Um, I think I could recommend right off the bat exactly what Silas said. Do you have a sub only chat channel in your discord so they can connect with you at any time and it's just for them a, a sub only text channel and a sub only voice channel. Uh, 
um, in your Discord is really, really helpful. Uh, I would also make the recommendation, uh, as was recently recommended to me, uh, R-A-B-B-I dot I-T. That's rabbit with a dot before the IT. And uh, what that allows you to do is create closed uh, rooms where you're sharing your webcam and um, you watch a movie together. So you, you create a link to your private room and you put it in your sub channel. You get all your subs who are able to make it, you know, make it a specific event. And then uh, you watch airplane or top gun together. And it's a, it's a great way for, for everyone to be entertained, but have some additional um, time with you to kind of get to know you. And I think that's a really cool sub perk that's really easy to set up. But uh, when you first get affiliated, I think that's something you need to address as soon as possible and go to other, uh, go to other Twitch streamers and see how they have their sub perks set up. But uh, you never know when that's going to blow up and then you're going to be scratching your head trying to figure out, well, what can I do for them to say thank you? It could be as easy as watching an episode of Naruto with them. So it, food for thought, I think. What about you, Silas? What have you done for um, subs or just as gen- in general talk, what have you done to recognize your supporters? I've, I've tried a number of things. Um, right now, I actually am, again, because of the whole process, I'm in, in the process of kind of changing and, and redirecting some things. So right now, it's um, uh, I'm still a work in progress. But in the past, I've done things, um, whether it's been like uh, I have done giveaways in the past. Um, I've done things like that where it's just been only for, you know, uh, you know, the, the subs or things like that where it's a sub one thing. And, and, and if I do something like that, I'll also have something probably smaller for just the regular followers as well. Just so that way no one feels too left out, but the, obviously the sub one will be something a little bit bigger. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, a digital code for say, you know, I ship a lot of Nintendo switch, so maybe it'll be a digital code for the switch store. Maybe I'll give away a couple of those or, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, steam, whatever, just something that that's think of something easy, nothing don't. I, and I bring up the digital stuff because that's a lot easier than trying to send something through the mail. Cause then you gotta get someone's address and all this other stuff. This is personal without being too personal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not everyone is necessarily comfortable with, you know, giving out information and things. So, you know, this makes it easy. You you can you can buy codes off of Amazon and there's other places wherever or go go to your local seven eleven. You can you can you can buy the little cards, scratch it off, you know, and then you know, get the little 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 code and then, you know, give give it away or whatever you gotta do, do that once in a while or um or other little things, maybe uh, a custom entrance sound. So when that person comes in, your bot activates it and it happens on stream and this little sound plays or, you know, something. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. I've seen people do all, I've seen other people do all kinds of crazy stuff, but that's some of the things that, that I've done. And right now I'm kind of like rethinking um, what I'm doing and where I'm going with a few things. Um, but the process is a little bit more difficult when, uh, you know, sometimes the, the different tools that we use for streaming uh, also change. Um, I can honestly say I've used uh, various tools for streaming. I've used uh, Elgato's built-in software. I've used um, the Rec Central that if you uh, buy like an Aver Media card. I've used OBS on several occasions, XSplit. Um, more recently, I've I've been uh, went back to OBS for a little bit to try a couple things because I've had some issues, and then of course, most recently, uh, for anybody who follows Streamlabs on Twitter, they released their own version of OBS. 
Mm-hmm. And this thing has a lot of stuff in it. And I've used it for the last couple of years. I had to adjust a couple of things, but overall it kind of jumped at me a little bit because of how simplified they made some things. When you get used to things being a little bit more complicated, it's like, whoa. Um, I mean, you can still get into the nitty gritty like you would on OBS or XSplit and get into all the little details like your, your bit rates. And you can turn on the things so you can see all the advanced encoding options if you want to look at that stuff. But if you don't, you can keep it simple and just go, you know, click, click. Okay, set it here. We're good to go. Um, I, I like what I've seen so far in Streamlabs OBS beta. Do keep in mind it's a beta, so it could be buggy. Stuff could break. So far, I haven't ran into that problem, but I've only used it a little bit. It was very easy for me to import uh, settings from OBS, although it does do stuff. It'll import your scenes and things from XSplit. It'll put your graphics and your all that stuff, or at least most of it, and then you know a couple of tweaks, you're good to go. It's very quick. Um, if you're just starting out streaming, I think it is, from what I've seen, and I know that's definitely what it's kind of geared for, but even if you're not just starting out, it's got a lot of extra things. Um, and I'll explain why. Um, I think if you're just starting out, this is definitely the thing to look to. Number one, Streamlabs is probably the most used Twitch alert system by streamers, mm-hmm. hands down. There are other alert systems people use, um, like Stream Elements and a couple others, which is actually a pretty good service. Uh, but Streamlabs is probably the most recognized and most used. Everybody is who's been streaming for more than a little bit knows what the hell Streamlabs is. Oh yeah. Um, so if you're new, their version of OBS is good because it allows you to do some of the more advanced things more easily. Uh, what I mean by that is um, again, if you've been streaming for a while, if you're familiar with Streamlabs, not just alerts, but let's say you want to have your little ticker on screen for your, your tippers or donators, whatever you want to call them or your recent followers, subs, that kinds of thing. You generally run this little thing on your computer called, stream labels and of course it makes the files then you got to take and put those into obs or xsplit or whatever and it's a little bit of a process with streamlabs obs stream labels is already built into it so it connects with your streamlabs account pulls that information makes the text files and then you just it's a widget so you you open it up and it's got a little icon you add it just like you would any other source in xsplit or obs or rec central or wirecast or any other streaming software but it shows, okay, well, specifically, this is your Streamlabs alert box. This is this one is for your, you want to do Streamlabs labels, click here. And then you tell it which one you want to use. It's got a drop-down menu. You can go through, you know, your top donators, whatever you want it to be. Tell which one it is. Pick your font. It pops it in there. You size it, place it wherever you want. Done. That's great, especially for new people that aren't used to doing all the digging and manually finding where your files are at to put this stuff in there to have all the same stuff as everybody else. So I think it helps level the playing field. So the new streamers can focus more on making their content and less on, you know, fiddling with that stuff. And even for advanced streamers, it makes your life easier. Maybe you're just switching, you're trying the software or whatever. It makes it a lot easier to use. Um, there's a bunch of other built-in stuff I saw. I didn't mess with any of the uh, built-in. Uh, they have overlays, whole overlay sets built into this thing. You click it, it downloads it. It, some of them will have, you know, your start screen, end screen, BRB. You customize it a little bit, done. You don't got to pay someone else for the graphics. Praise this is a good way to start. Jesus. <laughs> this is a great way to start. Or maybe you're thinking about like you're like we were talking earlier, rebranding, but you don't know what kind of colors and things you're thinking about. Try out one of these pre-made sets. See how it works for you. See what you like. Customize it a little bit. And then maybe, you know, if you want to customize it yourself or do something similar, you can either go to hire a graphics person or figure out how to make graphics yourself, but it'll give you a starting point where I like this design. So I want to do something like that, but customize it more for me. Yeah. But it's already there. So again, you're spending less time messing with all the other stuff. 
and more time on your stream. The other thing that I found really useful, unfortunately, I didn't find it till toward the end of my last stream when I was using it. Like I said, I've only just started using it. So it's kind of in the process of playing around and, and whatnot is that it's got a built-in chat viewer in your streaming software. So you can split between looking at your streaming software and your chat viewer on one screen. So that's, again, saving you from running yet another process to view your chat. So that's saving you, especially whether you're on a, on a strong PC or a weaker PC, saving yourself the, those compute cycles and that processing power for just your stream that gives you more power to use for your stream because you're not using it on running all this other extra software. Plus, it keeps it simple for the person. So now that I've got that, I don't have to sit there and tab between, you know, either a, a bot program or an open, uh, you know, web browser that I got to keep open so I can view my chat. It's already in my software. I just tell how big I, how big I want the size, the the chat versus everything else, you know, that I'm streaming with, and it's right there. I take one of my monitors, I put that on there. There's all my stuff much easier management. So I like it for that. I like where Streamlabs is going with it. Um, they do have their own chat bot now, but I haven't used it. It's a modified version of OnkBot, but it's not modified enough that I'm willing to take a risk on using it over what I have set up at this point for me. Now, if you're new, that might be a thing, but personally, if you're new, I would still stick with like Nightbot or whatever until um, they either come up with their own hosted solution for their bot or they get it more integrated with their stuff because the only thing it integrates with is like the rewards points system right now. So if you use Streamlabs bot and you use their um, uh, extension for Twitch with the rewards system, you can actually program the bot so that way when you have like the extra commands that cost things and whatnot, it'll interact with that overlay so everything is all intertwined. It's a huge time saver. Which would be a huge time saver, but right now I don't feel that part of it is far enough along that I'm going to try it just yet. But down the road, it's definitely something I myself am keeping an eye on. And for someone who's been streaming for a while to want to keep an eye on it, that's, you know, that's definitely something right there. That's something to watch because that could definitely, like you said, a gigantic time saver. So I, I like what they're doing with it. I think the, the biggest obstacle uh, to open up streaming to the uh, everyday person and we've talked about this before on a previous episode um, is simplifying the process and uh, really the more people that we can make this a straightforward process for uh, the greater ideas the 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 more unique content creation we're going to see which is going to continue to uh, feed in to the overall streaming scene I, I really like what twitch has done with the extensions I think extensions is a, has been a great addition to uh, simplifying some of the processes. Now, not all of them. I really enjoy Street Labels um, uh, scheduling tool. The scheduling extension is yeah. The scheduler is great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, the scheduler is great, and I think that's a fantastic addition to the extension. There's a lot of them that are a little, you know, kind of seem like too widgety and I, I don't know. I think yeah. there's a, a long way to go. Uh, I'm not sure what Twitch's approval process looks like for, for an extension, but um, it's really neat to see Streamlabs come out with something like this that's going to make it easier for people to get started. And uh, really that's all that it takes. You know, we all started as novices <laughs> in, in the streaming world and uh, nobody starts off a master. It's gonna be really incredible to see where this new tool can potentially lead uh, the content creators of tomorrow.
We would like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to hear more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage for upcoming releases, as well as links to our previous shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we'll see you in two weeks.